It's Friday, July the 2nd, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, America's voting rights diminished and hope for global tax reform. First, the world in brief. America's Supreme Court ruled that Arizona's voting restrictions do not violate the Voting Rights Act, a key piece of civil rights legislation. Its decision suggests that it might be unwilling to strike down similarly restrictive voting bills being pushed by Republican-led states. Arizona forces election officials to discard ballots cast in the wrong precinct and bans most people from collecting filled-in ballots to deliver to polling stations. A lower court had previously declared that the rules disproportionately disadvantaged ethnic minority voters. In a step towards global corporate tax reform, 130 countries and jurisdictions backed a minimum tax rate of 15% for multinational companies, as well as new rules to share the spoils. Several countries that had previously had reservations about the idea have now signed up, including China, India and Turkey. Hungary, Ireland and Nigeria are still among the holdouts. Robinhood published a funding prospectus for its upcoming IPO. The online stockbroker is apparently targeting a valuation of $40 billion. However, impressive growth comes with intensifying regulatory scrutiny. On June 30th, the firm was slapped with $70 million in penalties for technical failures and misleading customers. In January, it briefly suspended trading after wild sales of, quote, meme stocks left it unable to meet its capital requirements. The Manhattan District Attorney's Office charged the Trump Organization with criminal tax fraud, grand larceny, and falsifying business records. The company encompasses hundreds of firms that run hotels and golf courses. Its chief financial officer, Alan Weisselberg, was also charged with financial crimes. He pled not guilty. The Trump Organization called it, quote, a scorched-earth attempt to harm the former president. America's House of Representatives passed an infrastructure bill worth $700 billion, apportioning money to fix the country's crumbling roads, public transport systems, water pipes and sewerage. How the bill will relate to an agreement struck between President Joe Biden and a bipartisan group of senators last week remains unclear, though Nancy Pelosi, the Democrats' leader in the House, said they endorsed both. Britain's Chancellor Rishi Sunak said the government will set its own regulations for financial services after failing to strike a, quote, equivalence arrangement with the EU. The financial sector is largely excluded from Britain's trade deal with the bloc. The Chancellor had hoped a separate agreement would allow British firms wide access to European markets after Brexit. That now looks unlikely. Richard Branson said he hopes to be aboard a rocket travelling 90 kilometres to the edge of space on July 11th. The Virgin Galactic founder is testing his VSS Unity craft, which he hopes might soon accommodate some of the 600 potential space tourists who have paid a deposit in the hope of securing a berth on a future flight. If successful, he will beat his rival Jeff Bezos to blast off by nine days. And fact of the day. 300 million people may have died of malaria in the 20th century alone, a chilling 5% of all deaths. And now, here's today's agenda. High Tide – Cannabis Legislation in America 
Yesterday, Connecticut and Virginia became the latest states to permit those aged 21 and over to have small amounts of cannabis for recreational use. The direction of travel on the issue is clear. This year alone, five states have made blazing up a legal pastime. The wave is mostly a liberal state phenomenon. Of the 18 states plus Washington, D.C., where possessing cannabis for recreational purposes is legal, 16 voted for Joe Biden in 2020. Yet plenty of Republicans are warming to the idea, too. Montana, won comfortably by Donald Trump, approved recreational pot in November. Other red states, such as Missouri and Oklahoma, have thriving medical marijuana markets. But federal legislation may be a while off. Many Republican politicians remain wary of loosening restrictions. And even though over 80% of Democrats support legal weed, the most powerful one does not. Mr. Biden does not even allow those who admit to having a puff to work in his administration. Democratic Adventure – Chile's Constitutional Redraft On Sunday, a constitutional convention will start work on a new charter to replace Chile's current one, which dates from 1980, during the dictatorship of General Augusto Pinochet. The convention is the product of a broad political agreement which helped to end mass protests centering on inequalities in 2019. 88 of its 155 members, chosen in an election in May, are independents. Almost half are women, and 17 represent indigenous peoples. There is broad agreement on reducing the power of the presidency, decentralization and a bigger role for the state in education, health and pensions. But how much more change is necessary will be hotly disputed. The existing model brought economic success, but increased social tensions. The convention will last nine months, extendable by another three. Its first job is to elect a board of directors and agree on its rules. Unfortunately, the delegates may well be distracted by a presidential election in November. Passport to Freedom – The EU Vaccine Certificate After a year of restrictions, restive Europeans eagerly hope for quarantine-free travel this summer, Yesterday, the European Union launched its, quote, digital COVID certificate, which it hopes will facilitate freer travel around the bloc, though individual countries will ultimately determine their own restrictions. EU citizens and residents, and those of non-EU Schengen countries, can apply for a pass if they've been vaccinated, have recovered from COVID-19, or have recently tested negative. There are concerns about the scheme. One is that it is discriminatory. Only the four vaccines approved by the European Medicines Agency are included, yet some European countries have opted for others, including Hungary, which has administered the Russian Sputnik V jab. Critics also worry it is risky. No one knows how long vaccine-induced protection lasts, and much remains unknown about new variants. And yet the EU is desperate to help pandemic-crippled economies by boosting tourism. As so often during the pandemic, it is a trade-off. Peerless, Yaroslav Kaczynski Since coming to power in 2015, the Law and Justice Party, PiS, has sought to remould Poland in its image. It has overhauled the country's institutions, including the judiciary, much to the chagrin of the European Commission, which has repeatedly accused the party of undermining the rule of law. 
Yaroslav Kaczynski, PiS's co-founder and chairman, is the architect of that effort. Though only deputy prime minister, he is widely seen as Poland's real leader. Tomorrow, at the party's conference, he will stand for re-election as its chief. He is unlikely to be displaced, but has said this is the last time he will run. He has no clear successor. In one poll, over 60% of respondents were unsure who could replace him. Just 18% named Mateusz Morawiecki the Prime Minister, also of peace. For now, the party will be sanguine. Mr Kaczynski's controlling presence gives it direction and cohesion. His shoes will be hard to fill. Footnotes – American Democracy Under Threat The 4th of July invariably includes flag-waving tributes to American democracy. The country's Independence Day also offers a chance for reflection. Six months after Donald Trump's supporters stormed the Capitol and amid a Republican campaign to restrict voting rights, how is American democracy faring? Our U.S. editor argues that the biggest threat is not voter suppression, it is a partisan election administration. Consider what's happening in Arizona. Our Washington correspondent recently traveled to Maricopa County to report on its shambolic election audit. The state's attempts to hinder independent election administration are hardly unique. Our correspondent found this catalogue of election law changes helpful in understanding where and how Republicans are politicizing and interfering in the way elections are run. Even after audits in several battleground states proved otherwise, many Republican lawmakers insist the 2020 election was stolen. Why do so many people believe this claim? Lee Drutman, a political scientist, delves into the reasons in this recent report. In the less recent but classic text, The Paranoid Style in American Politics, Richard Hofstadter describes the conspiratorial strain that has long been present. Our Washington correspondent thinks it, quote, eerily prescient. Thomas Edsall, a journalist, usefully compiles more contemporary political scientists' grim analyses of democratic decay in this New York Times essay. Changes to election administration, whether hair-raising audits or the replacement of independent officials with partisans, may seem distant and bureaucratic, but their weakening of American democracy will outlast the hysteria over the 2020 result. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Vladimir Nabokov, who died on this day in 1977. Curiosity is insubordination in its purest form. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening.